0: this morning.
1: silence wonderful don't you like it quiet sometimes yeah it's peaceful isn't it but it's when you hear the singing and praises of god like that we can hear it all throughout the church when we come in going to sunday school and worship and you can hear somebody singing or praising the lord and it sounds so good and uh, just talking to a young couple over here they looked like they were in love they were just sitting so close and and they said uh, we're just, I just told my husband, I'm so glad he brought me back to this church. They went out and worked a long time laboring in the field of another church, but they came back. And I feel that way about my church, don't you? Yes. And we're so glad that you've come today to worship the Lord. Uh, we have morning service. We've just come from the early service and then Sunday school hour. And now we're in our final service, the mid-morning, the mid um, main 11 o'clock service so thank you for being here uh your bulletin is uh you as you come in you get those and they're beautiful every week we have all the announcements are in there if you want to know what's going on at the church you can read the details in that because you know we can't make announcements every sunday for everything but we have service tonight that means four services on sunday we've had we'll have And so you can come to those services. You can come to them all if you want to. And worship the Lord with us. Daily Vacation Bible School starts next Monday night.
2: And if you would like
1: to work in that, I'm sure they still need workers. And you can see people in the office or talk to us about it. And then tonight, of course, come back for church service. And if you're new today and visiting with us, we want to especially welcome you. And we want you to shake hands and greet people around you. And if you find somebody you don't know... Ask them their name, my name, you just say, introduce yourself. I, I said once, just say, I, my name is Liz. And some of the cute boys at this church went around through the whole church saying, hello, my name is Liz. <laughs> so don't do that, you know, they didn't read between the lines, but tell people your name, you know, George, Mike, whatever, and introduce yourself and smile and greet someone. You'd be a blessing, so let's get out in the aisles and. Shake hands and greet one another, and uh, give somebody a God bless you. Thank you.
0: I sing praises to your name.
3: for a totally unique VBS adventure? You've never seen anything like this. Welcome to a place where kids will build, explore, and discover that they were made by the ultimate creator. God, this is Maker Fun Factory.
4: kids are so creative this bbs shows kids what a unique
1: and wonderful creation they are Everything's so hands-on even the decorations
5: we got to make the snacks and even invent our own games that was so much fun
2: this totally helps kids discover that they were intentionally created that god has a really big plan for their life
4: i like seeing the kids that were inventors
2: It's great to see kids' imaginations running wild.
3: I've never been to anything like this before.
2: It's amazing to think of the change this is going to have on kids as they go back to their daily lives. They'll live differently, knowing that God created them and has a purpose for their life.
5: I can't wait to come back again.
3: It's going to be so much fun! VBS, Vacation Bible School. I hope all of you are signed up, all of your children are signed up, friends of your children, community children, pick up kids at Walmart and bring them to the Vacation Bible School. It is for anyone who wants to be a part of this uh, wonderful week we have planned. This is the first time we've ever done one in the evening, and I think so far it's a success. We have got kids signed up. We have got all the workers we need. You better be clapping because I was going to sign you up today if we needed anybody. So it's going to be a great week. We're excited about that. You can still, the kids can still pre-register. They have, they're have, they leaving it open-ended. We'll minister to as many kids as we can get. So we want you to, uh, to invite your family, your friends, and perhaps you have not registered your children or your grandchildren you can still do that go to the Facebook page uh, under VBS vacation Bible school and get them pre-registered and signed up and then that will take care of that and then there's only one other thing that they do need last week they mentioned that we had we have what's called snack time snack time for the kids um, last week we announced that we needed some some uh, snack items and in your bulletin today is a list of the things that we are approved you know there's so many, Different allergies these days that you got to be real careful about what you uh, allow to be snacks. But we've got the list there for you. If you'll take a look at those things and then see what you can help us with, it'd be really great. Last week we made the announcement and all we got was one jar, one jar of snacks for kids. So what we've decided to do is for all the, they're expecting somewhere around 300 kids, we're going to divide those snacks up into tiny little pieces and give each one a crumb unless you come through so what we need you to do this week if you don't mind is is take a look at that list and if you can run some things by the week by this week during the church hours uh, from nine to, to four or five then we'll appreciate that if you could just drop them by and help us bring some snacks so we don't have to divide up all the little crumbs all right god bless you thank you Can you say praise the Lord? So we come to this very sacred time in our service where we acknowledge the gift of God, the redemption of Jesus Christ and what he did for us at Calvary's Cross, as you hold the elements of communion in your hand. It is good for us as we come to this special time in our service to remember the reason that Jesus put all this out there. That he, when he first instituted communion and he first brought it into being, he wanted to leave us something that thousands of years later, we would still be doing. You know, I, what I love about communion, I've said this before, is that it wasn't instituted by a church, by some preacher, or by a denomination somewhere. I mean, of all the things we do in the service, from the singing to the preaching to the teaching, all of those things, you know, have been kind of tradition through the church but what you hold in your hands now Jesus Jesus instituted he gave to the church because he wanted us to always remember when we start to live out this Christian experience and we face all the different temptations and trials and troubles and we have our successes and our victories and we have our valleys he wanted us to always remember that it was him That it was because of His sacrifice, because of His blood, that you and I can sing. We can sing about the cross. We can sing about all the amazing grace of God. We can preach about it. I can preach this morning. And man, you're going to hear the best sermon you ever heard in your life. Only because of the blood of Jesus Christ. So as you hold those elements this morning... The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians, chapter 11, it says, let a man examine himself. He doesn't want us to take communion lightly. He doesn't want this to ever become something that becomes routine, obligatory. He wants it to be something that's special to our hearts. So take just a moment just to prepare your heart to remember, would you do that? Lord, we thank you for the privilege and the opportunity that we have to join in with the disciples on something you gave the church. We tread lightly over this sacrament, Lord, because it meant so much to you and to all of heaven. I pray that you will minister to the people today through this and let it be strength, let it be healing. And Lord, let our hearts be prepared and ready and forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ. Paul writing, said, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke the bread, and he said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do ye in remembrance of me. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for for leaving the glory of your throne, coming to this earth, incarnate, son of man, son of God, to live out your life sinless here to give your life for us. We thank you that your body was given, broken for us. We honor you today, and after the same manner they took the cup. He said, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for the blood, Lord. The scripture says, Come, let us reason together. Though our sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Thank you for redemption. Thank you for the remission of our sins. We honor you today, and we thank you for the sacrifice. What I love is the next verse says, For us: often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Amen. Amen. How many of you know Jesus is coming soon? Don't forget that. Don't forget that. There may be many things you forget. Forget the speech of a politician. Forget my birthday at your own peril. (laughs) Don't forget what Jesus Christ has done for you and that he's coming soon. Amen. God bless you.
0: house this morning. He's here to meet you and to take care of you. You are my soul of life. I can't be left behind no one else.
2: That same power, that restoring power that we just sang about is here right now. His presence is here. Let's close our eyes. Let's honor his presence this morning. So thankful that he's here amongst us this morning. And we connect with him in the midst of his presence. Father, we honor you. We come with open hearts this morning because we love you. Lord, we desire to do your will and we desire to exalt your name above all. Lord, we're so thankful for your restoring power, the love that sought us out, that restored us, that freed us from sin. And now we're free to worship you and to choose you. Lord, and we're thankful for your move in our lives. Lord, together as one church, Lord, as one body this morning, we pray and intercede, Lord, for the nation of Israel. We pray that you would give their leaders' wisdom, Lord, that you would protect their soldiers, that your presence would be with your people. Lord, we also pray for our country here, the United States of America. We pray that you would give our leaders wisdom. Lord, that you would be with our families, with our churches. Lord, and that the world would see the true manifested power of your love working in us. A love that saves, a love that restores, a love that seeks out the lost. Lord, because we know it's your desire that all would come to the saving knowledge of your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, and we give you all the honor and praise this morning. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated.
3: And thank you, Brian. Don't you just love Brian Little? Isn't Pastor Brian great? I love his spirit. I love the anointing that's on his life. Every time he talks, he touches my heart. Love you, sir. Wow. Didn't expect to get so emotional about that. (laughs) Maybe he needed that. As we come to this special time in our service, I want to read a scripture from Luke. Luke chapter 6 verse 38. It's like the scripture for helping us understand how to live our lives. God wants us to be givers and not takers. Thank you. He wants us to be givers and not takers. He wants us to be people who who express and live out our physical lives like He's designed and like He's done and given to us. And He says, give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. Now, I want to read that so different, but I'm trying to be so distinguished this morning. I want to read that like, give, and it'll be given to you. Good measure. That would be enough. But he goes on. Press down. Shake it up. Make sure it all settles in the bottom. And then running over shall men give to you. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. You know, that's not just in your giving of your finances. It's in your service, your love, your worship. It's in the gifts that God's given to you. It's in every part of your life. There's a whole message. You're going to get two for the price of one today. Give him all. We sing the song, I surrender all. Boy, if we really did that. If we really took the time to initiate a complete and total surrender, what God could do in this community, what he could do in the world. Amen? Thank you for your gifts. Your loose offering today, your church practices what it preaches. All the loose offering does not stay here. It all goes to missions around the world. We support several missionaries a month in many, many different countries from South America to Africa to Eastern and Western Europe to Alaska to Australia. We do our best to support and take care of them monthly, and they, they thank you for your gifts because it, it helps them. For Christian Swift, who works in what's known as the Benelux in France and uh, Belgium, in Luxembourg and then now he's in England Great Britain he thanks you for your gifts we are the leading support for him in missions and so every time you give you're helping to keep men and women like him on the field and then thank you for those who are so faithful to pay your tithe that's what continues to keep this church alive and strong in this community it's what keeps us in business as the church that's a hundred and two years old God has blessed us hasn't he and it's because we continue to be just like the people who were this church a hundred years ago that God continues to bless it so thank you for your gifts today father we come to you we thank you we honor you we bless you we're so thankful gratitude is in our hearts for all that you've done for us this is our small way of helping those around the world that perhaps will never even meet the Lord people that we can bless. Thank you for the gifts that you give to us and the way that it comes back to us in so many different blessings and ways. We give today unselfishly. We give, Lord, not because we want to receive. We're giving today because we want to be givers. And we thank you that that's the heart of God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. of you can say that through it all you have not lost your praise you know the way that you don't lose your praise is you don't lose your hope you don't lose your joy you don't lose your faith and then that just equals praise I mean it just comes together stand with me if you will this morning I can imagine Paul after the shipwrecks and the beatings and all the things he went through and he was on that Adriatic Sea and here he is a little high up here he was on that Adriatic Sea and man he they were going to town there was all kinds of turmoil wind hurricane winds it was pathetic there in their 14th day but I can see him standing over there going I never lost my you'll have to forgive me I've graduated I don't have a problem in the world standing over there I never lost my hope. Oh. I have no problem with that I love I love just feeling the presence and the power of God. Sometimes I feel like David. I just want to start moving and dancing a little bit. The Bible says he danced before the Lord with all his might. You know he's got he had that in his foot and I'm starting to realize it. Church of God is growing up some. We're going to let people dance. We're going to let people, you know, worship and lift up the name of the Lord. So you feel you feel a little clap or you feel a little you go for it just make sure it's God not you I don't want I'm not looking for boogie fever here today amen we're praying for a couple of different things one is that we're so proud of our young people who are down in Oklahoma Pastor Cam has been leading them and they have had a terrific and wonderful week if you've been able to watch online I've been watching online and looking at hundreds of photos They have had themselves a wonderful ministry time. God has blessed them. They've cried and they've prayed and they've preached and they've sang. And they're wore out and tired. But, man, they have had a great time. God has used them mightily. And it has been a great, great week. They are right now in service in Oklahoma. I believe in prior Oklahoma. And they're going to be ending this service. And then they'll be loading up and packing to come home. So we've missed them, and we're glad to have them back, but thrilled for the opportunity they had. Now, they've got many, many hours on the road in a bus and a van, so we have got to make sure we're praying for them today. How many of you will commit to prayer for our team? Amen. Also, we're praying for uh, a knee. They, I was handed Betty Back McIntosh. Her son was killed. His name is Nick Kreiner. This was in the paper today, and... Betty attends and comes to our church, so we want to remember her in this prayer as we pray over the Word of God, asking God to comfort, strengthen, and be with her and her family and for the Word of God to go forth in a great way to challenge our hearts. Amen. Father, we ask your blessings on the Word. We thank you for the service, and we ask that you, by your Holy Spirit, will touch and challenge and speak to us. And Lord, we ask for the Macintosh family that you would comfort them, strengthen them, be with them. Let them feel the peace of God, be their rock of ages, Lord. We ask in the name of Jesus, comfort them as best you only can. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray, amen. I want you to turn, if you would, to Acts chapter 27. I kind of prayed before we read, but that might be good. It'll help you to get a little better vision of what we're reading. How many of you ever pray before you do your Bible study? I pray before I do it at home, so why not here? Hey, this may be a new thing, all right. Acts chapter 27, verse 22. I've entitled the message this morning, Trust God, Drop Anchor. Trust God and then drop anchor. Can I get an amen out of this crowd? Now let me explain how it works. You know, sometimes people don't know this, Amanda, so i got to tell them this. Most strap people know this, but for the, if you're new today, here's how it works. You say amen a lot, uh, even a mmm, that'll work. A glory, or a go on preacher, whatever. You help me with that and we get out right on time. If I don't hear nothing, I think you are not getting a word I'm saying, I'm going to preach till three. So <laughs> beautiful, all right. <laughs> Come on preacher, I heard that. <laughs> Somebody say, well, oh, now you got to say it a little more better than that. Well, All right then, all right, here we go. Paul, and now I urge you to take heart. He's talking to all these guys on his ship that have been out at sea in the middle of this 14-day torrent of winds and rain, and they are about to be killed in this circumstance. And now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. The ship's going to be destroyed but there won't be no loss of life for there stood by me this night I'm talking loud because he's in the rain in the wind and I'm trying to read it like him <laughs> for there stood by me this night an angel of the an angel of God to whom I belong and I'm serve and whom I serve saying do not be afraid Paul you must be brought before Caesar and indeed God has granted you all those who will sail with you that's a sure word and promise Therefore, take heart, men, for I believe, God, that it will be just as it was told me. However, oh, don't you, yeah, that always just strikes a little bit of fear in my heart. However, we must run aground. That's a real nice way of saying we're going to be shipwrecked. We must run aground on a certain island. Now when the 14th night had come, as we were driven up and down in the Adriatic Sea, about midnight the sailors sensed that there were drawing, they were drawing near some land. And they took soundings and found it to be twenty fathoms. And when they had gone a little further, they took soundings again and found it to be fifteen fathoms. Then, fearing lest we should run aground on the, ship on the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for day to come. Now, I spoke on this Wednesday night. If you were here Wednesday night, don't worry. It's a completely different message. God touched my heart. As I was leaving, I got in my truck, that's right. I got a truck right now. My car's in the shop, being worked on, so they gave me a big old truck. I'm talking The thing's a monster. But you know what? I got a toothpick in my mouth. I rolled that window down, and I turned on country music. I'm driving down the street. I'm saying, hello, darling. (laughs) Oh, Lord. I better pray after next time. (laughs) You may be seated. wednesday night i preached this message and as i was getting in my truck i uh was going home and i was thinking about the service and still thinking about those four anchors i te- i taught on four different anchors wednesday night and uh, not not the same anchors i'm going to speak on today because the lord spoke something to me and he said he said there are different anchors for every season of your life and as he said those things to me i started thinking about the different different storms and the different kinds of seasons I find myself in and you are in. And the Lord spoke again to my spirit and he said, you're not done with this message. And I began then, it just all began to flow and come together in my heart for today. So, preaching on the message, trust God, then drop anchor. As I said, there are different anchors for every different storm. But the awesome thing about those anchors is that they are promises of God if you've got a promise from God it's not like a promise from your friends it's not like a promise from another human being on the face of the earth many times we need notary publics we need court hearings we need all kinds of contracts and signatures and all kinds of things in order to secure someone's good word how many of you know God is good for his one word is one promise it's a sure word of expectation. That's a promise to me. It's a sure word of expectation. A promise is not there to be hung on a plaque and hung in your, di- in your dining room or in your family room. It's not just there to be you know, gloated over and just appreciate, although that's good to do. These promises are, are for living your life and walking them out. They're for living your life in a victory and an overcoming strength that God promises to every child of God. These are not, I hope so promises. They're not, I hope it turns out. Well, I hope it goes okay. No, that's the problem with the church today. And that's why the church kind of remains pretty, pretty weak in many circles. Rhonda, we've got to have an assurance that it's an expectation when God speaks. We've got to live out an expectation that says it's going to happen, can I say this, hell or high water. It's going to happen. If God said it, you can bank on it, you can take it to the bank, you can secure your own future and life on it. We're going to talk about that today. Perhaps you're here and you've gone through some trials and troubles and you've had some experiences. Maybe you find yourselves in the storm of your life. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you're fixing to go through one and don't even know it yet. Whatever is going on in your life, I believe when the Lord spoke this to my heart, that there was someone here today that was going to need this word, that you're going to need it right now, or maybe you're going to need it just a few miles down the road. But you're going to need what we're speaking about today. It's touched my heart already and now I want it to touch yours. And I pray for the anointing of the Spirit of God to do what it needs to do in your life. In this house and people watching online, there are people who are hurting. Your hopes have been dashed. Your expectations have been destroyed and you find yourself discouraged looking at what you thought was the plan of God and your circumstances and wondering how in the world you got here and where in the world is God? Where in the world is God? You've been disappointed by the season that you find yourself in, discouraged by your circumstances. Your expectations have been let down. The rains won't quit. The winds won't stop blowing no matter what. Over the last few weeks, I have just been blown away by how much rain we have had. Now, maybe you love it. I personally was having my deck stained. And so you'd stain one part one day and wait three days for it to dry out. Then you'd stain again, and here come the rain. One day he started painting. It was Micah Tompkins from our church was helping me out. And he's painting on there, and it starts raining right in the middle of a stain. It wasn't even supposed to rain that day. So we've had lots of rain. But maybe in your own life you've had this kind of experience where it just seems like you can't get a break. It just seems like every time you turn around there's another storm and another wind is raging through your life and just ripping everything apart. You, you, you set it all up. It's all good. The plan is set. It's all, you're ready to go. And you find yourself in just a minute's time, you know, all the trees are blown down and there's stuff all over the backyard, and you, you can't believe how much debris is in your life. I'm telling you, you can trust God, and when you find yourselves in those times, Heather, you just drop anchor. Drop anchor. When, you, when a sailor finds himself in trouble, he knows right what to do. There is, it's not like a, a different thing for different, it's every storm, it's the same answer. Drop anchor. And that's the same in our spiritual lives. It, there's a different promise and a different anchor for every season of our lives, but God's got an answer for you today. He has something he wants to see. There is going to be a break in the clouds. I'm believing. I prayed this through this morning. I believe, uh, Elaine, there's going to be a break. There's going to be a breakthrough. I don't want to just call that out. It's so cliche these days. But that seems to be the word that I'm feeling in my spirit. There's going to be a breakthrough for you. Oh, I feel God in here. There's going to be a breakthrough for you, and God's going to touch your life. The rain is fixing to stop, and the winds are going to die down, and you're going to find yourself right back in the middle of the plan. But guess what? Even through the torrents, even through the heartache, and even through the trouble and the extended days of your journey, it still is with God as sure as the day he spoke it over you. You are going to fulfill God's plan for your life amen. But expectations sometimes can cause us to wander and can cause us sometimes to to get off track and to feel a little weak in our faith and can really devastate us at times. I I was devastated by some expectations just a couple of months ago. I I serve on a national board down in Cleveland, Tennessee for our church and I was traveling down there for a couple of days of meetings I I had to serve on. I had to be at, and as we were doing that, I, I, I was kind of, str- I left kind of stressed. We had a lot of things going on, and, and I really, really just kind of needed a little bit of a break. And so I, I thought, you know, going to board meetings for a couple days wasn't really, you know, the greatest break in the world. But it was Tennessee, and that's God's country. Oh, sorry for all you Kentucky people. <laughs> My family's all from Tennessee. We like Tennessee. But I thought going to Tennessee was going to be a good little break. And and so it turned out to be all right. And I thought, well, the pinnacle is going to be as soon as the board meeting's over, I'm I'm going to Gatlinburg. And I'm going to see that fountain. I love the fountain. Have you ever been to the island in Pigeon Forge? Oh, I'm so sorry. How many have been there? Anybody? Oh, quite a few of you. There's this beautiful fountain. I love it. If you know anything about me, you know I love water features. I am like a fountain freak. I love fountains. If I, When I go to the home show down at Cincinnati, I want to know where's the fountains. I go and I look at the fountains and Marie, I want every one of them. I want my whole house to just be filled with just fountains everywhere. Outside, inside, you know, bedroom, kitchen, it don't matter. Just fountains everywhere. I love it. I am a little more balanced than that. I have one. <laughs> so. But I, uh, I, I, there's this fountain down there. It's beautiful. It's huge. There are rocking chairs that go all the way around this whole like little pond, and there's these these jets underneath the water and they come up and they are colors, different colors and they play music and and it dances to all kinds of different music and all different kinds of sounds and and I love it. My family goes down there, I, I grab me a rocking chair, I sit there, the longest I've stayed there has been two hours and my family come back by and they're like, don't you want to get something to eat? Don't you want to get... No, I'm happy right here. And I just watch the water, and I take probably a thousand pictures of it, take videos, I love it, it's awesome. And anywhere there's a water feature, I will find it. I take hikes to waterfalls, I love water. So here we were on this trip, a little stressed out, things, you know, a little tired and and exhausted from some of the things that had gone on. We had just come through a season where there had been just seemingly one funeral after another, and it was just a tough time. So I thought, man, a break. I need a break. Got down here, went to the board meetings, did my job there, and when it was over, let's go to Gallenburg. And I was so excited, I get, get to Pigeon Forge, we get settled in, I'm walking down through there, passing by Margaritaville, that restaurant, and there's the Paula Deen place, I'm looking at that, and, and I'm like, let's go, I wanna I want to see the fountain. And I'm just excited, and I get around the corner, and I'm like, my break, my refreshment, it's coming, I'm gonna grab me a rocker. I said, Richard and Micah were with me, and and they were like, you know, they didn't really care about the fountain, but they were like humoring me. And so I'm like, you guys go do what you want. I'm just gonna find me a rock and chair, and I'm gonna sit by this fountain, and it is
5: going to be awesome.
3: It's gonna be great. And I walk around the corner and I looked at the fountain and it was completely dry. <laughs> Empty. Rocks. And men working down in it. And a big sign out front that said, closed for maintenance. I stood there. Mike was like, dude, do you need ice cream? What's up with you? (laughs) I'm like, I can't can't believe it. I I needed this fountain. You don't understand. I'm stressed out. I need this water. I need this chair. I'm going to sit in this chair anyway. I'm going to sit here. They're going to turn it on in a few minutes. I know. They're going to, it'll just be a few minutes. Guys, you about done? I walked into a store, I looked at the lady behind the counter, I said, excuse me, the fountain? She goes, yeah. I said, are they turning it on soon? Oh no, that won't be turned on till Monday. I said, what? Monday? I will be in Ohio Monday. She's like, I'm sorry, would you like to look at some of our products? "No." I won't buy anything. I want my fountain. I want my rest. My expectation was dashed. I was, oh, I was so upset. I was just mad. I sent pictures to all my family of the sign, closed for maintenance. And I was just so disturbed. You know, the rest of the day, I, I even, I had some other experiences. God tried to make it up to me. I walked into a store in Gatlinburg, and I'm standing by the counter, and I turn right around, and a lady looking at me smiling. It was Paula Dean herself. And I'm looking at her, and I'm like, hi and she's like hi and I'm like buttercup and I'm like oh <laughs> and so I, I walked over and put my arm around I got a picture taken with her and and she put her arm in mine and walked me out of the store and she walked by looked at the lady at the counter and she said I'm with him he's got a credit card and I was like all right cool <laughs> me and Paula Dean hanging out for the day but even that just didn't do it I was like oh I was so disappointed you know, that's the way it is sometimes in our lives. Expectations get all built up inside of us. and We want things to go a certain way, but I'm telling you, they don't always work out that way. You can't trust in the stuff here. This is not going to do it. You can't trust in that job. Unfortunately, you can't trust people. You can't always depend on the things around you that it's all going to go perfectly just like you want it to. It doesn't happen that way. But what I found in my life is that there is a sure thing. There is something, a foundation that I can stand on. It's a rock that Jesus said he was going to build the church on. And that is himself and every word he's ever given me. There are promises that are expectations that you and I can take to the bank. There are things that are sure and Amen. The promises of God. And that's where I want to go with this. Uh, God, people will fail you, but let me tell you, the expectations of God will be fulfilled beyond your imagination, beyond your own expectation. God will always fulfill his promise, his plan, and his work. If he said it, and this word, you ought to know it because it's something you can hold on to in the tough times. When the storms come and the winds are raging all around you, I don't know. I've heard people say it before. They'll say, well, I don't know what people do when they don't have God. I am absolutely telling you, I do not know what people do if they don't have the promises of God to hang on to when the trouble comes. That's why the suicide rate is so high. That's why the heroin addicts are falling like flies left and right because they have any Answers only in the things of this life but I'm telling you there are some anchors you can put down in those troubled waters that God will bring to light in your life hallelujah you can trust him trust God drop anchor trust God drop anchor now what are these anchors well let's look at this, this story about Paul again I mean Paul He's gonna be our, our model for this whole situation, the four anchors. You know, he, he, he says in Acts chapter 19 and verse 21, he says, I must visit Rome. And then you jump down through all the other chapters and you get to Acts chapter 28, verse 14, and he says, and so we came to Rome. Done deal, easy breezy. Surely it's a, it's a simple little journey, no big deal, Chapter 19, I must go to Rome. Chapter 28, I'm here. Got the t-shirt. Here I am. But unfortunately, you know, we get, we live that life. We live the same kind of life he does. We get the word. We know where we're supposed to go. We know what we're supposed to do. But man, the journey sometimes can be full of some crazy stuff. We need to understand that and know that so your little cute rose garden doesn't get all messed up. You need to understand we live in a fallen world. We live in an evil and a wicked world where there is war raging on every side. If you didn't know it yet, you're in a battle right now between good and between evil, between righteousness and iniquity. You are in a battle of your life. The trouble is a lot of the church don't know that. So they're not fighting. They're knocked, tossed to and fro like a ship without an anchor. The Bible talks about a ship without a rudder you and I, we've got to understand the promises of God that can help us through the difficult storms that come our way. You need them. Doesn't matter how successful you are. Doesn't matter what, you're, what line of work you're in. Doesn't matter whether it's good stuff coming at you or bad stuff coming at you. You need to be anchored on the rock, Christ Jesus, and the words that he has spoken. You need it. You don't even know how bad you need it. You need it more than you need the breath you're breathing. Right now, you need it more than you know that heart to keep beating in your body. You need him more than you think you do. From Acts chapter 19 to Acts chapter 28, it, it is a journey. It's crazy. Crazy what happens to him his normal expectations have not been realized by far i'm sure he thought hey man i'm going to rome i'm going to it's going to, it's going to be a great journey and the gospel's going to be you know preached in rome and it's going to be amazing and so i'm going to get on a cruise ship going to go right over to rome drop me off it's all going to be great but no he didn't he did go on a ship But it was a slave ship, it was for prisoners, and he was one of the prisoners wrapped up in chains. And that's how he got to Rome. But he didn't just get there by transporting himself on that ship. As a matter of fact, he ended up on another ship. Why? Because the storms were raging and tore that ship, the first one, up to pieces. And he didn't have anything left, and he had to literally be detoured Off to the island of Malta where a great revival broke out, which is probably why it had to happen in the first place. How many of you know God along your journey and his will and destination for your life? You will sometimes find yourself in heartbreaking circumstances so that you can minister to other people and continue the work of the kingdom and the gospel. That's a whole lot of preaching right there. I hope you got that. He arrived in chains. Through the storms and all of it. It says that they did something. Now when the 14th night had come. As we were driven up and down in the Adriatic Sea. About midnight the sailors sensed that they were drawing near to some land. And they took soundings and found it was 20. Then again further down it was 15. Then fearing lest we should shipwreck on the rocks. They dropped four anchors for the stern. And prayed for the day to come. Telling you. God help us today to trust God. And drop some anchors because the devil is going to suck a punch you right in the face the moment he gets an opportunity. You let your guard down one second and the devil takes a punch. He is going to get you. You cannot, there is no way that you're going to get away from it. There's no, it may be so subtle. For some of us, it's just a little powder puff kind of touch. And he don't have to do very much because you're not fighting very hard. Some of us are are so caught up in the the the. Lollipop land of living with Jesus, that we forget that we're in this battle that's raging for the souls, not only of you, but your children and your children's children and all those that are far off. There are a lot of people that are literally living today unaware of the the battle that we are fighting for God. We need these anchors. If you'll stay true, you'll learn what it is when you hit the storm and when you hit rock bottom to to plant some. Good anchors into the ground. See those anchors, they're beautiful. They go down to, down to the sea, to the ground as far as they can under the sea. And when they get there, they dig into the surface of that dirt and they lodge there and they don't move. That's what you need. Something that will ground you when the temptations come something that will ground you when the devil comes knocking to tell you that you don't, you shouldn't have faith anymore in the church or in God. and When you shouldn't believe these people, they're all hypocrites anyway and all that preacher wants is your money and all these people are just a bunch of idiots that don't know what they're doing. When he comes lying to you about life and death because you need to understand something, heaven is real, hell is hot and you and I have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ and we need to remember that's our top priority. Nothing else is more important than that. I got the most important job in this city. Me and several other pastors have got the most important job in this community because we are teaching and preaching to you life, life that will give you an eternal rest in heaven for the rest of your eternal life and days, when you and I understand that this place is headquarters for God Almighty. This is where all of the, the days of, of our lives and thousands of generations before, this is where we, we're part of the masterpiece plan of God as we're moving towards that final day when the trumpet is going to sound and you and I are going to be caught up together with the dead who have come forth first and we're brought together into the presence of God to carry on into chapter 200, I don't know can't wait until I hear what God's got planned for after the marriage Supper of the Lamb can't wait to hear what's next you think we're all just going to get there and okay the marriage Supper of the Lamb is over millennial reign is over, the devil's in the pit we're all like standing there and God just says have fun guys just you know, go by the cafe hang out no, man, there's going to be an orientation meeting. I'm believing there's going to be a big old orientation meeting, Jim, about what we're going to do next. What's the big plan? Where do we go from here, God? What's happening now? What's the next big story? How in the world are you going to take us from where we've been now to someplace brand new? Somebody says, well, he's preaching some. I don't know what he's preaching, but I never heard that before. You and I don't, the half has not yet even been told us what God's got planned. I'm excited about the fact that my future is secure in Christ. I have so much to look forward to. I can't hardly wait. And I'm not about to let anything in this life drag me down, discourage me, and defeat me. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper because I belong to the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. I'm his child, and he's my father. Anchor number one. I got like 15 minutes. Anchor number one. Number one, they're going to be straight-up scriptures. But they are anchors that you can hang on to when you're at the hospital, when you're walking out of your business because you just lost your job, when your family has failed you, and you're sitting all alone, when you are in the worst of circumstances, and you're sitting there not knowing what your next step is going to be, here's the first anchor that you drop down. Are you ready? Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9. God says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts Nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. Here's why this is an anchor for us. Stop trying to figure it all out. stop trying to plan it, orchestrate it, and dictate to God what he needs to do. His thoughts are so far above you and me, there ain't no way that we can begin to comprehend or understand the majesty and the greatness of our awesome God. There is no way for you to figure him out. The best thing you can do is get obedient and surrender all you can to him and let the Holy Ghost lead you and guide you every step that you take. Because as you do that, you are guaranteed that you're going to make it all the way through, but it is a walk of faith anchoring in the fact that you don't have to look at your circumstances. You don't have to look at the storm that's raging all around you. You don't have to look at the heartache or the heartbreak. You don't have to look at the betrayal. You don't have to look at any of those things because God is working a work and you say, well I must have done something wrong because the plan has been thwarted. I must be doing something wrong because it's not working out like I thought it was going to and God's not showing me a good time and God's not blessing me with Fruit Loop and Applejacks. He's not giving me all these good things. I, I'm wondering where the favor of God is. Let me tell you, Paul might have said that himself but all he had was an anchor in his heart. And he said, the angel of the Lord has come to me and said, Paul, you're going to stand before Caesar and God has spoken to every one of you. He's given you a promise that says, you will walk streets of gold. You will fight and you will struggle but be of good cheer. I've overcome for you and you. We'll overcome. Amen. We're going to overcome. Let's talk about the difference between our thoughts and God's thoughts. Because we always try to figure God out. We try to be so spiritual. We have all figured it out. We know well that's not the way God works. Now, sometimes we're so smart. We think, Elaine, that when the doctor tells us that there's cancer on the brain and we've got cancer on our body and there's just no way that's gonna be all right, we have the audacity sometimes to go, oh, okay. But then something, our, our ways are not God's ways. And it doesn't matter what the doctor says, if God has said, if God has said something else and he dropped it down in your heart, and I remember the first time I met with you. I was thinking, and me and Barbara are looking at one another and we're just like, he's like, please tell her she needs to take all this treatment. She needs to do this stuff. She needs, to, she needs to fight, fight, fight. And she said, I am by faith, faith, faith. And she did that and guess what? She's still here. She's still here. Four years. Five years. Five years with cancer five years and still got a clean bill of health right now tell me he's not doing things that are supernatural, and his ways are not our ways. It don't matter what they say. It don't matter what they do. It don't matter what their what their words are, their thoughts are, their plans or their ways. When God has given you a promise, which, by the way, you say, well, I don't have a promise. Oh, yes, you do. There are promises left and right on every page of this book. I consider Genesis to Revelation one big promise of God. Everything you read and hear is applicable to your life. Everything in here you can hold to. I hope you know it. I hope that you're not letting your Bible sit on some shelf somewhere and your kids are seeing that you never pick it up. You never look at it. You haven't dusted it off in forever. I hope that you've not found that you like soap operas and movies more than you like reading about Ruth and Boaz and more than you like talking about David and how he conquered that giant. I hope you don't like things in this life more than you like the living life of God found in the living waters of his word. Oh, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for your word. That's what you live on. That's what you, that's what you can die for. That's why disciples were so willing to die for it. Man, they knew it was truth. Paul knew. An angel stood before me. I don't care how how hard the wind's blowing. I don't care what it looks like. Paul, the backside of the ship is just falling off. I don't care. Paul, you don't understand. The, the stern is gone. There's nothing left. The sails are gone. Oh, we're down to two befores. Paul said, "Whether well, by two befores, he will take me to Rome. It don't matter when you trust in God. The greatest saints of God I've ever known were not the ones with the loftiest and highest positions. They were people who had the greatest faith in this life. And they served and held on even when the worst of times and the troubled times came their way. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Space is very big. I went into the first service talking about how, how light years are, are so many thousands of miles in, away, and the moon or the sun is 90 million light years away, and it's just ridiculous, or 93 million miles away. And we've got all these facts about how big the whole universe is. I mean, the, the galaxies that they've discovered, scientists have discovered galaxies as far away as 15.5 billion light years away. Can you imagine? And he says, my thoughts... are are as far apart from your thoughts as the heavens are from the earth. He is trying to tell us that on our best day and our best thought and the best day that we've ever had for inspiration and learning, on that very best day, our thoughts are about 15.5 billion light years away from God's greatness, His majesty, and His awesome power. So we need Him. We need Him. The Bible says, he who lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives liberally. We all need to ask for wisdom. Anchor number one. Well, what's anchor number two? It's Romans 8 and 28. Don't roll your eyes and say, oh, we know that scripture. That's the problem. You know it so well that you forgot what it means. For we know that God. All things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Let's read that again. And we know that all things work together for the good. No, you didn't hear it. You're going back into quote mode from your Sunday school days where you got a little star next to your name because you memorized that scripture. Stop for a minute. Get out of your routine. Get out of your, your life pattern and hear this for the first time. For we know that all things except what I'm going through right now. You just don't know, Pastor. I, no, sweetheart. dumpling. For we know that all things work together for the good to those who love God and are the called according to his purpose, his plan, his design. You can't fail. You can't fail. Come on, wins. Come on, rains. Come on, betrayal. Come on, heartache. Come on, horrifying events. Come on, test me, push me. I mean, do you know the story? Let's remember it for a moment. The the shipwreck destroys the ship. They run aground on the island of Malta. He builds him a fire. In the fire, a snake comes out, a poisonous snake, bites him. Paul now, and he's sitting there, and he, he is bitten by this snake and all the the villages people are looking at him and they're going nuts thinking he's going to be dead in six minutes and he gets a miracle and gets healed and then they turn around and have an island wide revival and all these people come to Jesus and get saved they fill the whole island full of the worship and the praise of God and the institute a couple churches and and plant a a ministry over here and the next thing you know another ship has arrived and they're ready to move on their way but in the meantime we have to remember and understand Paul had the audacity to believe that all things, the shipwreck, the snake, everything was going to work together. It can't be God's will for a poisonous snake to come out of the fire and bite you. That's the the devil, man. He's attacking you. All I know is that God used that situation to send a revival to a bunch of folks who knew that that snake meant death. But that death that they thought they saw in the flesh, they were given life in the spirit because of that very instant. And God touched them and brought a great revival. You don't know what God's going to do through your heartache. You don't know what God's going to do through your despair. You have no idea what God's going to do through your storm. But if you will just hang on and drop an anchor when you need it, because if you're not careful, you'll get knocked back and forth, left and right, and you'll be hanging off the bow of the ship, and you won't be worth nothing. And God will have to pick you up and start all over and take you the long way around. I'm telling you, there is a sure path. It'll be through some funny stuff. It'll be through some crazy circumstances. You might have a fear a fear factor that you got to replace with faith. But you are going to trust God and drop an anchor. And if you'll do that, you will have the assurance that God is going to lead you all the way through and out. He ended up in Rome. Awesome. Whew. Y'all tire me out. Anchor number three. Romans 8 and 31. You Ready? What then shall we say to these things? What things? All those things. When we're slapped on one side and slapped on the other and knocked back and knocked down and kicked out, what do we do? Where's my anchor for that, Pastor? Where is it? If God be for us, Who can be against us? Need I say more? (laughs) If God be for you, who? Let me change it a little bit, just in, in paraphrase of its meaning, not changing the word or adding to. But listen to what I'm talking about. If God be for us, then who or what can be against us? There ain't no devil in hell. There is no, no, no person, no human being on this earth. There ain't anything, any circumstance. There is no, no uh, situation that can take you away from the plan that God has outlined for you to walk. It is sure and it is absolute. You might as well be singing, follow the yellow brick road. Because you've got one all the way to the victorious plan that God has given you. It's yours. And he won't fail. But you've got to stay the course. You gotta stay true to what God is doing in your life. If God be for me, who can be against me? The odds can be stacked against you. You can feel like everything has gone wrong. I mean, they are sitting there, and they are throwing all their supplies, all their food, all the gear, everything off the ship. They have got themselves in a place where it's just nothing but splinters of wood, and they are hanging on for dear life. They've lost everything the wind will not stop it's 14 days and it has not stopped a bit the rain has not stopped the cloud cover is horrible it's the black of night in the middle of the afternoon and they are literally at the end of themselves they've not eaten they've not done anything they are literally hanging on for dear life and paul says boys why don't you grab something to eat everything's gonna be fine i mean they're looking at him and they're like what Are you kidding me? Paul, an angel of the Lord has appeared before me and told me that I'm going to come to Caesar. I'm going to appear before Caesar. So he has also told me that every one of you that will stay with the ship, Paul, the ship is going down. Everyone who will stay with the ship, not a hair of your head will be touched. You'll be safe. Just stay with me right here. Let's grab something to eat. If you would take an attitude... That says, even when the enemy is coming at you, fighting at you, trying to destroy you, you're down to the last, you don't, you have nothing, you're facing death. That's all you got. Those guys, they had nothing but death in their, in their front, the front of their face. They had nothing but death in front of them. They knew there was no way out. There was no way around. There was no way to go under. This is it. We're facing it and it is done. We're over. It's, it's complete. And Paul said, relax. Grab you something to eat. Y'all haven't eaten in a long time. Y'all need a little nourishment. Because we're fixing to run aground and we're going to have a great revival. God's going to do a great thing. I mean, he didn't say that, but he knew everything was going to be all right. If you only would just adopt the attitude of a, a true Join air with Jesus Christ, a true child of God. Not allow the enemy to try to... The Bible says there is no weapon that shall be formed against you that will prosper. There is no weapon that he can use. There is no device against you. There is no rumor against you. There is no gossip or trash being spoken about you that can stop you from what God has in store. So stop playing around with the devil. Quit hanging out at the fence and get yourself back up get strong get a hold of the power of God walk in holiness and righteousness given to you by him and get to the destination because Rome is just ahead and you're on your way amen I'll say amen anchor number four I'm gonna quit if you'll start playing on the last anchor Why am I thinking anchors away, my boys? <laughs> Here's the last anchor for us. Last anchor. If you'll hang on to this, this this one fires me up. This is this this is the big one. Because when I realize all things work together for the good, if God be for me. Who can be against me? My ways are not his ways. I don't have to worry about the plan. I just got to follow the the, the brick, (laughs) Follow follow the walk. But if I'll get all that, then I sit back and I watch something that's amazing. Anchor number four now unto him who is able. Look at somebody and say, He is able. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask or even think, according to the power of God that's at work in us. You didn't hear that scripture. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. Now unto Him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that's at work in us right now. There's a bunch of powerhouses right here in this house this morning. You didn't even know it. The promise of God has been deposited down inside of you right now in your spirit. And you need only walk out the power of God in your heart and in your life. Woo, that gets me fired up. Man, that sets me on fire. I can't hardly stand it. That scripture is like a powerhouse. Now unto him who's able. He's able. He's able. Not only will he, but he's able. He's able to do anything. And he's able in those thoughts and ways... In those thoughts and ways that are above mine, he's able to do stuff I haven't even thought about. He is doing a work in you right now you haven't even imagined. He's doing a setting up a future for you, a promise for you, a, a prophecy over your life and over the promises in your life that you haven't even thought about yet. If Oh, if you only knew, you'd stop living your spiritual life. Strength and living out your spiritual life based on your circumstances, why don't you stop that starting today? Why don't you start living in accordance with the promises of God instead of what you're going through? If you'll look less at your situation and more at your provider, then you are going to find yourself living out the promises of God in your own heart. Amen. Stand with me. What's your roam? What's your roam? What's your destination? What's God speaking? What's He saying over your life? Where are you headed? What's going on? Have you found yourselves fighting? Have you found yourself in a battle? Good. Because that's usually the way it works. I have found in my spiritual existence, there's no such thing as a rose garden. I have found in my spiritual walk that the people who have fought the most, fought the hardest, had the hardest battles, and have gone through the heartaches and the trials and the betrayals, those are the people that were giants in the Lord. I've watched people fight. I've watched them struggle to survive. And those were the people that when they needed to pray through a prayer, it was a done deal. I've seen people who know with the less of this world that you're comfortable with, the more of the world to come is instilled and deposited down inside of you. That when you and I will live out the promises of God, we are given a sure hope of tomorrow. Did you know what Revelation says? Revelation says the testimony of Jesus, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now listen to what that means. The testimony of Jesus. How many of you ever had a testimony that Jesus has done anything at all for you? Did you know that when you speak that over someone? When you speak that into someone's life or you're just sharing your testimony? Gladys, when you're out there and you just want to tell somebody how good God is, the Bible tells us that you are speaking prophecy into their lives. You're speaking a hope of a future expectation for them. You're speaking life and strength into them. They'll believe because you experienced, because your expectation was met and God showed you power. God showed you his victory in your life. When you've got when you tell people and my goodness, you've told a lot of folks. But when you tell them that, there'll be there will be a revival that it's like dropping a coin or dropping a rock out into a pond. It just goes and it just reverberates all over the place. You don't even know the thousands, the thousands of people who have got faith in their life today this morning because they heard that Elaine Hardesty was healed of cancer. That That very truth right there is the truth that'll set her free, give her a victorious. The Bible says we are overcomers by the word of our testimony. So she's over here dancing and overcoming, but she doesn't know, she spoke prophecy. Every time you share, I I thought this morning, uh, he's not here today, he's on a camping trip, but old Brandon Dooley, every time he plays on those drums up there, I keep thinking back to a 10 and a half hour surgery that he had where it was a man, others, and other close friends of mine, died, who had the exact same experience that he had, his esophagus burst. And he had a a valve that was bad. And the esophagus itself had ripped open. There was no hope for him. They were telling him he could die within minutes. They flew him to Christ Hospital. Got him into a ten and a half hour surgery. We did nothing but find a chapel to pray. And we prayed over that young man. We felt we were speaking a word of testimony and prophecy over him. We were speaking healing and life. And we were hoping, holding on to hope. Not I hope you heal him, Lord. We were holding on. Your word says that you are the healer. Your word says that you can do this. God is able. And guess what? He did. He did. And I just spoke prophecy over your lead, over your life. I just spoke a word of prophecy. How many of you know if he did it then, he can do it tomorrow. He can do it for you. If he did it back then, he can do it now. That's the awesome, man, we A few weeks ago, we we were talking and preaching about living beneath, living so beneath where we are, where we should be with God. You can run through a troop and leap over a wall, walk on water. Manna can come dropping from heaven this afternoon. You don't even have to go to Burger King. Anything's possible with God. We've got to walk in our expectation and live out the hope and promise of God. You want to look at the world and you want to say, bring it on. Instead of running in fear, instead of hiding, don't get me, devil. I'm just trying to serve Jesus. I heard somebody say one time, I'm just wanting to get to heaven. Just get in by the skin of my teeth. I ain't getting in by the skin of my teeth. Phil, I'm going to walk through that gate. I'm going to have my shoulders out. And I'm going to be saying, move over, angels. I'm one of the redeemed. I come in here washed in the blood of the Lamb. I come in here with a mighty, powerful, awesome testimony of how I have overcome the evil one. And I stand victorious. Move over, Rocky. Move over. Trials and troubles, bring them on. Oh, if you just get stern like that, if you just get an attitude. (laughs) a good attitude every head bowed and every eye closed the Lord is here today perhaps you have found yourself going through going through that storm you know I, I, I called out Phil Bourne so proud of he and Brittany they got married yesterday or day four yesterday Friday night but I got to tell you there was you know weather and traffic and they got married in Batavia and I am all over my GPS trying to get there I mean I am trying to get there I thought I left in plenty of time but who wasn't thinking about quitting time cars were stacked up from Fields Ertl all the way to Batavia and I was just a nervous wreck I'm in that big old truck with a toothpick hanging out my my mouth, and I'm trying. I tried to find a better way on my GPS. And that little lady said, you are on the fastest route. Sometimes we want to take a shortcut. Let me tell you, there's no shortcuts with God because He's going to do a work that is complete. Every part of your life is on purpose. Every part of your life, every experience you've gone through, it's there for your good. It's going to make you stronger, it's going to make you better, it's going to make you sharper, it's going to make you more anointed, it's going to give you power to testify, it's going to give you a ministry, it's going to help you in your pursuit of God. Don't you deny it, don't look for a shortcut. Let God do His work. You trust God, and you drop anchor. You trust God, and you drop anchor. And when you do that, I'm telling you, you're going, to see, you're going to see the glory of God. You're going to end up at your destination. You're going to end up there, and you're going to get up there shouting and prophesying to other people and spreading the good news of God's power into their life. If you're here today here today and you need Jesus first question I, I'm not right with God man I can't, even, I can't even get on the ship I haven't made Jesus my savior I haven't asked him into my heart I, I'm living in sin I'm not right with God I, I need to start there pastor that's the first prayer we're going to pray are you here and you need Jesus if you are shoot your hand up and write back down we're going to pray with you God bless you son is there anyone else? anyone else I need to pray God bless you I see your hand Anyone else? I want to pray that prayer today, Pastor. I want to pray before you start. I want you to pray with me. I'm believing the Lord. I want him to be my Savior. I'm waiting. Is there anyone else? These that have lifted their hand. God bless you. I see you. Awesome. All right. We're going to pray this prayer to receive Jesus. He says in his word, pray the prayer of faith. If you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that he is the son of God, you believe it. You know it. He died on the cross for you, and he was raised up from the dead. He's at the right hand of God now. You believe he's your savior, and then you're ready to confess it. I'm telling you, God is going to turn your life around. So we're going to pray that prayer right now. The change is going to happen, and as it does, I want you to know you're receiving Christ into your life let's pray right now everybody help me let's pray together dear Lord Jesus come into my heart forgive me of my sins I accept you as my Lord I accept you as my Savior you are the Son of God you died on the cross you rose from the dead you're at the right hand of God now be the Lord of my life I surrender all I believe it in my heart, and I confess it now with my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Now, quickly, in the few minutes that we have left, first of all, I'd like to say if you accepted Christ into your life, Melissa Graw is our discipleship pastor. She's going to be out in the lobby. Would you please stop by the booth out there that says small groups and it's got a crosswalk sign out there, that's for you. She's gonna hand you a Bible if you don't have one, if you'd like one, and she's gonna give you some information, make a connection with you and help you in your walk with God to get you established, rooted and grounded, get you some anchors so that you can live for Jesus and be successful with that. The rest of us here, I don't know if you're going through it. As a matter of fact, I want our ministers, if they will, to come into the altar, our prayer warriors to come, if you will, and help us in the altar. If you're here today, and you need prayer and you'd say I'm going through it I'm going through it and I want to hold on to the anchors of God but I need someone to pray with me and agree with me if you're here today and you're going through a trial going through a storm and you'd like special prayer then I want you to make your way now while we're while we're praying just get out from where you are and come and the minister will meet you here in the altar and as these are coming I'm praying for the rest of us let's Lift our hands to God and honor him right now, and let's pray the prayer of faith. God, we come to you. We thank you for the anchors that are in your word. We thank you for the way that you've given us your precious promises. Lord, these promises that will take us through the storms of our lives that will help us, Lord, to be victorious overcomers through the blood of Jesus Christ, we honor you. We thank you, Lord, for the promises of God. We thank you that they are there to help us to live out against every attack and against every storm that we go through. We thank you that it's there for our good times, and for our bad times, for the times where we need strength. We honor you today. I pray that you would enlighten our church. Help us to see those promises as we've never seen them before. May they come alive to us like never we have experienced. And I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ be with your people, touch your church, challenge us to make an impact on this community, not to be just concerned with inside these four walls, but Lord, to be the church out on the alleys and in the streets and in the community, everywhere we take a step, God, let us be anointed to touch the hearts and lives of people everywhere. We pray this today in the mighty, matchless name of Jesus Christ, and we give you the honor, we give you the glory, and we give you all the praise. And everyone to together said amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you for being here today. Richard. All right. With that said, God bless you. Thank you so much for being with us tonight. Come back tonight. We're going to preach on Elijah on Mount Carmel. I've titled the message on top of old smoky.